I mean, they get 35 state legislatures. They could change the constitution. Like this is like ridiculous, you know? And I don't want to freak people out, but like, it's true. Hello, and welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. For too long, Democrats have ignored the power of the states. Over the past 40 years, while Republicans invested billions of dollars and focused energy into building and holding state governing majorities, Democrats focused the majority of their attention and money on national races. And while we've spent a gross amount of time focusing on the federal government, which of course we need to do, we are now seeing that the people who have arguably more power over our daily lives are the people who run our states, and more specifically, our state legislatures. If you listened to last week's pod, you know that the 10th Amendment, the final amendment of the Bill of Rights, says that if it's not listed in the Constitution as a federal power, or if it's not something the Constitution explicitly says the states can't do, then whatever it is, is up to the states, which gives state leadership an almost infinite amount of things they have control over. So the Republicans, knowing they were losing the majority will of the people around the country and that their policies and positions were no longer popular, made the strategic choice, along with their donors and backers, to target their attention on the states and the courts, where they had a better chance of dictating their will onto the people without necessarily having the majority support of those same people. You only have to look around the country right now to see that those efforts have paid off tenfold. The Republican investment in state legislatures has resulted in certain Republican lawmakers having almost unchecked and absolute power at the state level, including the ability to redraw district lines to make it nearly impossible to vote them out. This is how Florida and Texas and Tennessee and Oklahoma, Mississippi and Arkansas are able to flood their states with new and unwanted, unpopular laws. If the 10th Amendment was a major check on the power of the federal government, it was also an overlooked opportunity for the states to have almost unfettered power. And in the wrong hands, this unchecked influence has been an absolute disaster for human rights, civil rights, and democracy. If we don't turn this around, we're going to lose far more than what our children can be taught in school. We're going to lose our democracy. So this is what we're talking about today. The power of the states and how essential it is we really hone in on state races and state legislatures, even in off-election years. This is a solution-based podcast. I want you to come out of it fired up and knowing that you can make a difference. A lot of what's happening right now makes people feel scared and hopeless. And I know that when you feel that way, the instinct is to check out. I want this conversation to dial you back in. We can fix this. It's just going to take effort. With that in mind, my guest today is Melissa Walker, head of Giving Circles at the States Project. A graduate of Vassar College, former magazine editor and author of 10 novels, Melissa felt she had to do something to help her country, and she turned her talents towards the States Project to shift the balance of power in state legislatures and make Democratic state legislative campaigns more effective and better funded. The States Project believes that the strongest force for change in America are our legislatures. So they have made their entire focus winning, governing majorities in those often overlooked and underfunded races. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, author, editor, and head of the States Project's Giving Circles, Melissa Walker. Welcome back, Melissa. 
Thank you. It's so great to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you again. I mean, you were here with us about a year ago talking about this very strategic focus on state legislatures as a winning strategy for democracy around the country. And you guys had some major successes in the midterms because of that focus. So can you tell me a little about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we focus on state legislatures at the States Project because we believe that they are the absolute power lever on change in this country and foundational change. There are 50 mini Congresses that many of us overlook again and again, and most people don't even know who their state representatives are. But these are the people who are in the headlines for doing some of the most egregious things and some of the most wonderful things for the people of their state and also for the people of our country, because state legislation goes from state to state to state to federal. So when we start to look at these power centers, we can really see a place to make a difference. And in 2022, our organization was able to do that in many of our target states. Um, As the largest funders in both Minnesota and Michigan last cycle, we powered new trifectas in both states, which means that Democrats now hold the state house, state senate, and governorship. And it's been incredible to watch how quickly policies are changing in those states. Delivering those trifectas improves millions of lives. And in Pennsylvania, where we invested 80 times more than the next largest group, we helped shift control of the House for the first time in 12 years. That shift in control in Harrisburg helps lawmakers block harmful right-wing policies, and the new House majority elected Joanna McClinton to serve as Speaker of the House. She is the first woman and only second Black person to hold this position. So it's also about changing who's at the table in state capitals. We defended majorities in Maine, Nevada, Colorado, and Minnesota, prevented supermajorities in North Carolina, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, and held ground in both chambers in Arizona, where we are only one seat away in each chamber from a new majority. This is, I mean, this is incredible stuff. I think people need to understand. I mean, we've read the headlines lately where we see one Democrat who said they were a Democrat and all of a sudden they flipped to be a Republican. Now they have a Republican majority that they didn't have before. People don't realize how important one seat in the state legislature is, how important the having a Democratic Senate instead of if you have a Republican House can hold back some of the worst, most egregious laws that they want to pass. And sometimes it just is one or two people that hold up the whole show. I know that there's been just story after story of this happening. And and what you're talking about with Michigan, I mean, Michigan state legislature has to feel like such a major win for you guys, because I think people should understand that the state's project doesn't focus on every single state. They have a very specific data-backed strategy to see where they have the best chance to make a difference and where they can really crack away at making a change. And sometimes that's not winning a house. It's just holding back a majority or it's holding back a super majority. Um, I know you focused on 18 states for the 2022 elections. You actively raised for eight states. And two of the states you just mentioned, Michigan, the state legislature, like you said, it's a trifecta now, clean sweep, state races, legislature, but also, you know, governor, attorney general, all of that. And then because of that, Michigan has just voted to amend the state's civil rights, to ban discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. They voted to repeal a 1931 law criminalizing abortion drugs after the Michigan voters 
overwhelmingly voted uh, to enshrine the right to abortion into the Constitution. They reversed the right to work law from 2012 that the Republicans have put in so that unions can do what unions are supposed to do and protect their workers. They voted to reestablish a prevailing wage law that would require contractors on state projects to pay workers with union-level compensation and benefits. They restored tax exemptions for pensioners and the earned income tax credit so working families can save money. And finally, after that shooting that just happened in Michigan State, they passed a whole slew of gun provisions, right? Including extended background checks and safe storage laws and red flag laws. And this is what can happen with state legislatures. And we see this all the time working against human rights, but it, when we see it working in action and we can feel the accomplishments of it, I think it should really fire people up. That's absolutely true. And imagine all of that got done in the beginning of one session. It is incredible how quickly policies change when we shift these majorities. And by the way, both chambers of the Michigan House were won by fewer than 400 votes. So oh. this is a place where the margins are so slim. We were involved in 59 races in 2022 that were decided by fewer than 1,000 votes. Some of those were losses. Most of them were wins. But it is incredible to look at these margins and think about things. Um, in Minnesota, 161 voters in one district flipped the Minnesota Senate. And that has made possible protecting Reproductive Options Act, which immediately enshrines the right to abortion into Minnesota law. Minnesota is the first state in the post-Roe era to enact a policy like that that protects the right to an abortion. And it's also critical for the surrounding states, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin. They have existing abortion bans. So imagine that flipping this one seat in the state Senate protects abortion for millions and millions of women. I mean, talk about a power center to focus on. Michigan, uh, Minnesota has also passed bipartisan tax cuts. They have cut taxes for retirees. They have passed an ambitious clean energy standard to achieve 100% carbon-free electricity by 2040. And voting rights, the largest voting right expansion in the state in half a century happened through a law that will permit felons to vote again upon leaving jail or prison. That restores the right to 50,000, the right to vote to 50,000 Minnesotans. Universal school meals. I don't know if you saw this video that went viral, but watching the governor sign what the legislature did into law, providing breakfast and lunches at no charge to students, watching students rush over and hug him as he signed that bill, our staff got teary watching that happen because we knew that our intervention had really made that possible. And it's honestly incredible, and it gives me so much hope to do this work and to know that this is the exact right place to focus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking at Minnesota, too, because, I mean, all these voting rights that are being enshrined into law and that the governor is signing and just transparency, you know, being able to, like, see what your government is doing. This is so essential. And like you said, with what's happening and how fast it can happen, um. I mean, the Democratic-controlled Minnesota legislature has passed more bills. They passed more bills in January than the previous six Januaries combined under Republican control, right? Like, so they're getting so much done and the things that the people are asking for, the people want, the people say, here's what we want. And you at the States Project and all the people that worked on the ground for these races that most people overlook 
are giving the people what they actually want. And that's what we really need to focus on. Even if we weren't really paying attention to state legislatures before, now with the Republicans increasingly taking more and more extreme positions coming out of the legislatures, especially on social issues, we're really starting to see the power of state legislatures in action. You know, Republican state legislatures around the country are currently like It looks like they're on a free-for-all of rolling back laws and freedoms at this kind of breakneck pace. And it's clearly something we need to be countering. And we can see it every day in the headlines, what's going on. I mean, look at what just happened in Tennessee, right? The first official act of the Republican-controlled Tennessee state legislature after six people were murdered at a Catholic day school was to take retaliatory action against Democratic representatives who called for gun reform, right? This is what legislatures can do. And we need to be countering it at every turn. That's absolutely true. And the truth is that in many cases, I mean, they know these policies don't make sense and they count on the non-accountability of gerrymandering and also on the lack of a spotlight that we all have on our state capitals because the national media is trained on Washington, D.C. And so are we. I'll be honest, if you had asked me in the fall of 2016 who my state representatives were, I didn't know. I didn't have eyes on Albany. And I feel like I've been in grad school for state ledge since then because I've turned to this work. But it has given me so much hope because when we watch what goes on in Washington, D.C., and we watch things stall and not get passed and, you know, get watered down, what we can see is that real change happens in state legislatures for Mm -hmm. better or worse and sets the stage for what happens at the federal level. And, you know, In a place like Arizona, where we are one seat away in each chamber from a tie and shifting power, Republican lawmakers there don't want you to know what they're doing. They are trying to pass a bill that would make it less transparent, that would help, that would keep the public from finding out what laws they are passing. I mean, this is the kind of thing that when they hold majorities, they can start to do unless we keep a spotlight trained there. I was so thrilled to see the national spotlight on Tennessee because it I think it galvanized people and I think it woke a lot of people up to what is happening in state capitals. And to be honest, our team, when moments like the fall of Roe happen, we know that that's a terrible thing for the country and it's going to bring a lot more attention to state legislatures where we have to focus in order to shore up the foundations of our country and the fundamental rights that we all believe in. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to is what you were saying before, like some of these state legislatures are just, it's one seat that makes all the difference and one seat that's like less than 400 votes. And if people want to know if their vote counts, like for goodness sakes, your vote counts, especially in a state legislature race, especially if you get five of your friends to come out. You want hope? Focus on these races. You know, like we look around the country right now and we can see that these far right states are more than willing to throw democracy out if they have to, whatever it takes to stay in charge and impose their will on others. And in many ways, I think they're making it about as miserable as possible for us because they're hoping, and this is my personal opinion, I think they're hoping people will move. You know, they're like, you don't like it, get out. But what happens is if people move, if they say, well, I'm under attack as someone in the LGBTQIA community, or I'm under attack as a trans person, I'm under attack as a woman, I'm leaving this state. What happens is there's no one left to be those 161 votes that flip the seat. They're hoping that the people who oppose them will leave. And then they can solidify even more power because the actual federal system 
already favors the red states, already favors the small rural states, already favors them in the Senate. So the more state legislatures they can control, the more power they will ultimately have federally. And I think people really need to realize how interconnected it is. And part of these horrible, horrible laws that they're passing, I mean, State legislature in Missouri just pitched childhood marriage, you know, right after they defunded all libraries in the state. Montana's new legal definition of sex essentially erases trans and non-binary people from existence. Iowa has decided to stop paying for emergency contraception for rape victims. So now if you are raped in Iowa, they're not going to help you. They already won't allow you to have an abortion, but now they won't give you the morning after pill to prevent pregnancy in the first place, right? So... This is nuts what they are able to do. We all know what's going on in Florida, but they're even attacking private companies in Florida now. They're taking Republican state legislatures and personally attacking private companies. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or an Independent. You should be like, that feels very un-American to do that. It doesn't matter how you feel about any social issues. Attacking a private company for not fundamentally agreeing with you is seriously problematic. So I think we have to look at the big picture and see what these red states are doing and say, okay, where can I make a difference? And I think that's one of the most wonderful things about the States Project is that you guys are doing a lot of the background work to tell us where we should be focusing. So we're not wasting our time and our energy flapping our you know wings in the water. We can really go somewhere. You want to tell me about what you guys do and how you decide which states to work on and what we should be focusing on? Yeah, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if if we say, hey, everyone should focus on state legislatures, the next question is, okay, well, how? I mean, there are thousands of state legislators across the country. And again, most people don't even know who their state legislators are. So how do we plug into the exact seats we need to shift power in certain states? And where do we decide to work? So that is where the States Project comes in. And we have a research team and a political team that does a deep dive, a 99 state chamber analysis 99 because Nebraska is unicameral. And define unicameral for people that don't know. Of course. Oh my gosh, I didn't know what that word meant before. Um, (laughs) Unicameral means there's a single chamber. So there's not a state senate and a state house, but just a single chamber. And um, yeah, so there's a 99 state chamber analysis so that we can figure out, okay, where are the districts where we could shift power? And we're never in deep red districts. We're never in deep blue districts, but we do target those tipping point districts, the ones that we need to challenge and the ones that we need to defend, because of course, we're doing both at the same time with each election cycle and the numbers that we need to flip power. Because when majorities shift, that's when policies change. But we do all the research to guide people in that direction. And they can choose from our target states a way to plug in and help us do that work. I mean, I think we need to acknowledge that people are busy and they are tapped out and they don't, I mean, they're just exhausted. But I think the onslaught of what we see happening every day. I know people want to make a difference, but they don't want to waste their time or they don't want to waste their money and they want to invest in races that they know will truly make a difference. So this is an off year, what we call an off year because it's not technically an election year. So what kind of impact can people have if they get involved right now, which feels like, why would I, you know, why would I get involved right now? It's It's not even an election year. How can it help now? Yeah, well, you know, I will tell you that at our organization, we call it an odd year, because there really are no off years. It's so true. Um, And there are actually state elections this year. And we are focused on Virginia, where the um, Republicans have a majority in the state house, which is called the House of Delegates, by two seats, and Democrats Mm -hmm. have a majority in the state Senate by two seats. 
And so it is incredibly close and really could go in either direction. And so we are working to defend the Senate and flip the House in Virginia. And the consequences of this are truly incredible because if the right wing is able to get a majority in the state Senate, they will have a trifecta. Again, that's control of the governor's mansion and and the House and the Senate. And they will essentially have unchecked power to do whatever they please. Especially since Governor Youngkin has been, you know, entirely on board with every single far right wish list thing you could ever want. That's absolutely right. You'll watch them roll back protections for LGBTQ plus folks. You'll watch them work on an abortion ban. You'll watch them defund public schools. I mean, these are the kinds of things that will happen if we lose the Senate in Virginia. So we're working to protect the Senate and also flip the House of Delegates because that would create um, a Democratic two chambers that would help block some of those worst policies and maybe even get some good stuff through. So Virginia is super high stakes and their elections are in November 2023. So that is one place where we're really focused. And I will also say that part of the issue here is that folks haven't focused on state legislatures, but also that people only participate in an election year. They only feel activated in an election year. So when you are able to just kind of do the steady work of tending to democracy, you'll know that in these odd years, that is the time to jumpstart recruitment in key districts help hire key staff early on or retain great staff from the past election cycle and even begin the work of early voter contact. These are all tactics that can become game changing when they're implemented early and ahead of an election year. So in 2021, we were able to help fund a deep canvassing program in Pennsylvania for the targeted house districts where we thought the most competitive seats would be. And that meant people going to door to door and listening to voters about what they wanted, what they cared about, what they were worried about. And that deep canvassing program turned into folks who became staff on the ground eight months later for the Mm -hmm. campaigns that were running in those districts. That early seating is huge and it had never been done before. And I just want to remind you, we did flip the Pennsylvania House in 2022 with 12 seats which was an extraordinary victory and even more than we expected. We thought it would take two cycles. So getting those 12 seats, and by the way, the last one was decided by 63 votes. The Pennsylvania House power shift was decided by 63 votes. So we're going to take a break talking about the states and we're going to talk about our sheets. Today's pod is sponsored by Miracle Made Sheets. Did you know that traditional bed sheets can retain more bacteria than a toilet seat? I did not, and I find that information disgusting. And that's probably why people can get acne or allergies or stuffy noses from their bed. These are things I wish I didn't know, but now I'm glad I do. This is why Miracle Made created a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding, such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria. Miracle Made sheets are infused with silver, silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, meaning that these sheets stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than any other sheets. Plus, Miracle sheets are incredibly comfortable and feel nice if not nicer than some of the bed sheets used in five-star hotels. Miracle is so confident in their product that you have 30 days for a full money-back guarantee. If you aren't 100% satisfied for any reason, you will get a free refund. Mother's Day, Father's Day, they're just around the corner. Maybe give your parents the gift of not sleeping in bacteria. (laughs) It's the perfect way to give someone you love the gift of healthier, more luxurious sleep. And 
Right now, when you use the promo code politicsgirl at checkout, you will save over 40% and get three free towels with your purchase. So go to trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl and use the code politicsgirl to claim your three-piece towel set. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl to treat yourself or someone else to clean, gorgeous sheets and get 40% off. How can you go wrong? On a cold night in 2010, a boy is stopped by the police while walking home from a party in the Bronx. He's only 16. He's been stopped by the police before, but this time it's different. In a special four-part series, the Generation Y podcast unravels the story of Khalif Browder, a young boy who was falsely accused of stealing a backpack and held without bail at Rikers Island for three years. He endured regular abuse from prison staff and inmates and was held in solitary confinement for more than 700 consecutive days. Three years later, Khalif was released, never having stood trial. This is a story that digs into the injustice of the justice system and the young life that was caught in the middle. We say innocent until proven guilty, but where do we draw the line between due process and cruelty? To hear this four-part series, follow Generation Y wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. And now, back to the States. This podcast is doing a whole series right now called Road to 24, and a lot of it is about the importance of getting in early. I often tell people that if you care about a race, don't do one big donation right close to the election. You know, do a smaller reoccurring donation for as long as you can leading up to it because it allows candidates to plan their attack. It allows them to hire staff. It allows them to know what they have coming in and be strategic about how they spend their money. And you guys at the States Project are incredibly strategic. I love your organization. You you are ahead of the game because you do plan out your attack, because you do the homework for us. You know which races, which seats, which states we need to be focusing on. And then people can come out there and really know they're making an actual difference. I mean, you've always been incredibly clear that the impact people can make at the state level is just not possible at the federal level. You guys are often pointing out that it can be cheaper and easier to flip an entire state chamber than it is to win a single congressional seat. So when you are properly organized by groups like yours, when we say, okay, what can we do to help? Then we're making strategic decisions about which districts and seats we should be investing in. And we're proving that it works with these Democratic majorities that we are now seeing in places we didn't have them before. And places that would have had Republican majorities or would have had Republican supermajorities, and they would have stripped us of our democracy. And we have held that back with the early work you guys are doing. So I think it's so essential. I know that we can see from an off-year election, or as you say, an odd-year election, that an, an election like was in the spring for Janet Protosiewicz for the Supreme Court, you know, in Wisconsin. Like, people are not paying attention to random Supreme Court, and yet this year people were like, wait, I can see why that is a bigger deal. I can see why this one seat on this one court is going to make a difference to the entire country, not just to women's rights, but to the entire country's democracy. And I think people need to start thinking that there's never an off year in American elections. Democracy is literally on the ballot every month. And what can we do to hold it up? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's really why we run a Giving Circles program to give people a really tangible way to plug in. 
And our giving circles are groups of friends and family and neighbors, and they're usually led by the person who wrangles the book club or keeps everyone <laughs> on task at the potluck. They're, they're leaders who organize, and they've been organizing other things for a long time, and they can do this too. Because when you make a list of friends, family, or the people on your text chain, anyone who wants to do something, anyone who's upset who's fearful, or who's inspired and motivated. You know, we know that people really do want to get involved. They're just not quite sure what's impactful. So when people sign up to do a Giving Circle with the States project, we hand them sample language, videos, and other supports like this podcast to reach out to folks and explain what we're working on. And Giving Circle leaders bring their own words of why it matters to them, their story. And we just did a storytelling training with our Giving Circle leaders yesterday, actually, and it was wonderful. We give people all the tools they need to bring together their community and focus their resources into targeted, strategic, and not shiny object political giving. Because we often end up with races that have millions and millions and millions of dollars. The well-spotlit races are incredibly overfunded. And these races often end up at the short end of the stick without enough resources. And so when we're able to guide our friends and our family and our networks to strategic political giving, it is a gift. I always tell Giving Circle leaders, this is not an ask. This is an opportunity for the people in your life to have a political impact that they did not know was possible. Because that's what it felt like to me when I started my Giving Circle. I started to understand that I had so much more power than I realized And I started to understand that when I focused on this specific axis of power, the state legislature, which which controls all those kitchen table issues that we've mentioned earlier, and also happens to control federal power by deciding voting rights and who can vote and when and how in their states. And what districts look like and how the district lines are drawn. Exactly. It is such a power center. We did a podcast, um, I was saying in the introduction, we did a podcast last week where we talked about the amendments and how if it's not specifically said to be a federal amendment and they don't specifically say the states can't do it, it's basically a free-for-all for state legislatures to do whatever they want. There isn't the same check that there is on the federal government on the states, which is why they're allowed to get away with passing laws to inspect children's genitalia or denying interfaith or interracial marriages or banning books and history and, you know, making certain people just their existence a crime or taking control of people's children and taking them into state control. You think, what is happening here? But what's happening is the states don't have the same checks and balances the federal government does, which means we have to be very specific about who gets to be a state legislator. And we need to be really careful because ultimately it's going to affect those big races that you talk about. It's going to affect, you know, who gets to be the president, who gets to be in Congress, which kind of brings me back to that highly controversial independent state legislature theory, which it made its way all the way to the Supreme Court in the Moore v. Harper case that was uh, argued last winter. And we still haven't heard a verdict from it. And the argument of this case, if people don't know about Moore v. Harper, is that the state legislators, not the voters, should be the ones who get to determine who becomes president via the Electoral College. So the state legislatures are the ones with the power to simply award the state's electoral votes to whomever they want, not to the winner of the popular vote, which is how we assume it is done now. And we are waiting to hear that decision. So if it goes the wrong way, we could have state legislators deciding, oh, well, the Democrat won the popular vote in my state, but eh, I would rather send the electors to vote for Trump. And that could happen. Do I think it's going to happen? 
I don't. I hope not. But it could, which gives us just one more reason to make sure that Democrats and people who believe in democracy and people who believe in human rights and the rule of law are the ones in charge of our state legislators. Absolutely. It is it is absolutely wild. And I and I often say this three part thing, which is if you care about Congress, you should care about state legislatures because they draw the district lines that decide who goes to Congress. And if you care about the Supreme Court, you should care about state legislatures because the Supreme Court doesn't write laws. They rule on laws that are coming out of state legislatures. Mm -hmm. And if you care about the presidency, you should care about state legislatures for the exact reason that you just stated. There is a path to a coup here. And it runs directly through state legislatures. And that is by design. The right wing has been working on state legislatures for decades. While we stared at Washington, D.C. and felt good about the direction our country was headed in, mostly, at least during the Obama years. But it was under those years that things like the standard round gun laws proliferated from state to state to state after Trayvon Martin's murderer. And it all started in Florida, right? Lawmakers in Tallahassee whose names I don't know. So things like that are untouched by Washington. And the other thing is that even when federal laws pass, things like the Affordable Care Act, there are still a bunch of states that haven't expanded Medicaid. And with COVID relief funds, state legislatures decide how to spend those funds, and they spend them in wildly different ways depending on who's in power in the state capitol. So there are enormous effects of this. And I think sometimes it feels incredibly overwhelming until you start to look at the fact that small groups of people pooling resources in this strategic direction can actually shift power in these states. And state by state by state, we can secure our democracy, not at the top, but at the foundations. Because the way that we look at our election funding is upside down. People give to the top the shiny objects, but what's happening is happening at the root. And that's where we have to tend to our country. Yeah, I mean, I think people... People want to do something productive and they want to fight back and they're very angry about what they hear and what they say. And I think in many ways we have to know that the old expression, how does it go? The cure for anxiety is action, right? This is action. And this is a discernible action. If you, you know, contact uh, your group, the States Project, this is something you can really do. And you can do this with your friends, right? You fundamentally work with what you call giving circles, which you can do with your friends, your teammates, your group, your coworkers, people that are like, God, did you read the news? You know, those people that you can get together with and have a drink and you get a whole bunch of information that you have already researched from the States Project. And then they can do active steps to follow through to change change an election. And you don't even need to be, I'm, I'm in California, right? And sometimes I think, okay, well, what do I do? You'll give me stuff to do. If I have a giving circle, how does it work? If I say, yeah, you know what? I want to make a difference. Tell me how to do it. What do I do? Well, there's two big stories here. The first is the story of why we focus on state legislatures. So you start talking to friends, family, anyone in your network who you think might join you in this about why state legislatures matter. And we hand everybody a bunch of language like that. And those things bring them in. And people, light bulbs start going off over people's heads because they start to see this power center. When they do that, And they realize that, like you said, it is often cheaper to change the balance of power in a state chamber than it is to win a single competitive congressional seat. They start to understand that maybe what they can give can have a real impact. I am not a billionaire who can hand giant checks to politicians, but I am someone who can organize my network and little by little come up with an impactful fundraising total that can shift power in a state. And so are you. 
So are these listeners. These are all people who can bring in friends, family, and networks. And it's as simple as thinking about, maybe you set a goal of, I want 50 people in my giving circle. If you can organize 50 people into a giving circle, you can absolutely get to a total that's going to that's going to help shift power. And the dollars that you send go to the states project and then you are able to choose from our list of target states and 100% of the amount that your giving circle raises goes out the door to that states and they support the campaigns that we need to win or defend power. And we make these state legislative cam- campaigns more effective and better funded because we see them for the power centers that they are, and now so do you, and so do your people. And so the resources are an incredible thing. They are are the fuel for our electoral engine. But it is also true that knowing about this power center and getting everyone in your radius to focus on it will create great change as well. Because when we have a spotlight there, when we're watching what our state representatives do, when we're understanding this power center for what it really is, they are not able to operate in darkness and they are not able to get away with some of these things. And it will change the country. I really believe that. Yeah, I think we need to fight back. And I think we've start fighting back right here. At the end of the day, we have the majority sentiment in the country and we're the winning team. We just need to step up and act like it. I want to thank you for joining us today, Melissa. Before you go, will you leave us with how we can support the States Project, how we can get in touch with the States Project and how we start our own giving circle? Absolutely. So if you go to statesproject.org slash action, you'll be able to click a button to start your own giving circle. You can also get in touch with our team to ask more questions. We're always happy to talk and meet with people. And if you poke around on the website, you'll see some of our target states for 2024 and also some videos and a little more context on the way that we work and how you can plug in. So we'd be really excited to have folks join us. We have giving circles from all over the country now. Some are focused on their own state if it's a target. And again, some are focused on other states. And I'll tell you why. Because this is our country. This is our country. And we all care what's happening to kids in states where they're starting to go to school four days a week because they're cutting public education funding. Or kids in states who are witnessing these school shootings because of lax gun laws. We care about all these people. And so when you focus on state capitals, you can watch policies change and you can watch lives improve with these new majorities. Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast in the past. We had a lot of people join Giving Circles and start Giving Circles the last time we had Melissa on the show. And it really made a difference. You can see the change that the state's project made in the last election, and we can do that again. We can do that in Virginia in November, and we can do that in 2024. And if you are sitting listening to this and thinking, God, what do I do? I just want to help. I want to make a difference. This makes me crazy. This is what you can do, and it is totally manageable, and it doesn't mean you have to be a billionaire, and it doesn't mean you have to be working 24 hours a day to do it. This is a way to put your energy towards something that actually changes on the ground, what we're able to do. And I'm so proud of this group. They are a grassroots group that started from the ground up. And I am so proud of people who have already joined Giving Circles to make a difference because honestly, this is where we really are going to make a change at the state legislature level. I want to thank Melissa for joining us today. Thanks so much for being here. Always a thrill to talk to you. So that was Melissa Walker, head of Giving Circles for the States Project reminding us that states are where the real power centers of America are. 
Yes, they are scattered and fractured and have different rules in different places. But in many ways, the Constitution has given them almost unchecked power. And in the wrong hands, we can see what a disaster that's been. If you've been feeling depressed or discouraged and you need hope, then get active in flipping these states. Go to thestatesproject.org and they will get you and your friends all set up. They've done the research. They've crunched the numbers. You just need to bring your people and your can-do, or in my case, fuck these fuckers not on my watch, attitude. Some of these seats flip by less than 100 votes. Imagine knowing you saved abortion rights, or healthcare, or gay rights, that you were personally able to make a difference stopping the persecution of trans people, or abolishing childhood marriage, or protecting voting rights with your efforts. Well, you can. You really can. States are the last line of defense for our democracy. What party controls the state legislature and how much power they have fundamentally affects how we function and exist on a daily basis. Know that, own that, and find hope in that. I wanna thank Melissa for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. They want us to give up. Let's do the exact opposite. Until next week, PG out. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.